Hello, and welcome to Lifetimes of Learning, a production at the Buddhist Discussion Centre Australia. In our podcast series, we will be discussing the teachings and principles of Buddha Dharma, which is just as relevant today as they were 2,600 years ago. In this podcast, we will cover Chapter Six of the book titled "Bringing Wisdom to Life," authored by Anita Carter and Frank Carter, published by Tableau Publishing in 2018. Copyright held by Buddhist Discussion Center, Upway Limited. Whether you are on the meditation cushion or on your way to work, we invite you to bring your mind inside and listen. To the teachings of the Buddha. Chapter six, letting go. We have talked about some of the practices we can do to build the right platform, so we can be happier and also as the right base for us to begin to wake up, as the Buddha taught. We have examined the practice of generosity, the morality of keeping five precepts. The importance of mindfulness and of training our minds to be pure through the reduction of unwholesome mind states and the promotion of the positive mental energy of wholesome mind states. When you look through these teachings, although the approach we are describing is unique to Buddhism, the practices themselves appear in one form or another in all the world's major religions. In addition, the practice of loving kindness taught in Buddhism again has strong parallels in the other major religions. Next, we will examine what we mean by the letting go component of our happiness map, and perhaps this is where you can start to identify the difference between the Buddhist teachings as compared to other religious systems or methods. The reason why letting go appears as a practice in Buddhism is because the Buddha identified mental craving as being the ultimate cause of our suffering and difficulties. Even though our reality is coming straight from the karmic causes we produced in our past, our mind cannot accept the reality that appears to us with contentment. Our unwholesome minds all have some complaints about the reality, appearing before our eyes. Our greed is wanting more than the reality is providing to us. Our aversion doesn't want parts of the reality we are experiencing. Our restlessness is not satisfied with reality. Ignorance is at the root of this problem because it does not know how to deal with reality sanely. None of these unwholesome minds just see reality clearly and leave it at that. They all want something else. They all crave something different. This discontent with reality itself produces a large part of our suffering. We need to learn how to let go and accept the reality we are experiencing is enough. Peace in Buddhism is knowing the real and not craving anything else, whatever. This is wisdom. 
Wisdom looks at reality without even the slightest neurosis. Combined with compassion, wisdom chooses what to do next from seeing in the present moment what would really be of benefit to oneself and others. So, how to do that? We have to learn to let go. From the beginning of the Buddha's path to the end, it is a process of letting go. When you read your first Buddhist teaching, you have to create some space in your mind to hear something new. If you are full up with your own ideas and opinions, you won't be able to hear anything the Buddhist teachings have to say. You will spend your valuable time thinking about and talking about what you believe, rather than giving yourself a chance to learn something new. If you have a full glass of water, there's no space available to pour anything more into it. You create space in your mind by listening with a beginner's mind, a mind that knows it doesn't know everything, and therefore allows you the space to form a better view. Then you need to let go of some of your old ways of doing things, in order to enable change to take place. To allow the possibility to practice a new thing, you have to let go your old way of doing it to create enough space so the new can be adopted. In Buddhism, this process of letting go is called renunciation. Again. Renunciation is in many other religions, but in most religions, renunciation is based on renouncing evil in the world or to reduce our worldly desires. But in Buddhism, we are letting go to antidote our habitual craving and mental clutter. As part of that process, we start learning to let go of our unwholesome minds. First. We realize we have used an unwholesome mind ten minutes after the event. Then we say, "I shouldn't have reacted like that," or "I should have stopped myself earlier." Then we recognize a bit closer to the event. Maybe a minute after, we got angry. We say, "I'm annoyed. I need to stop being so upset. I need to give up this anger." We don't have to stay annoyed with someone who did something we didn't like. When you see yourself starting to get stuck in any unwholesome thinking, tell yourself to let it go. You actually say that as an instruction for your mind to follow. Tell the unwholesome state to stop. It's not actually you. It's not a self or something precious or important. It's just one possible state that can arise for a period of time. Because it produces unhappiness and clouds your view, give it up. You choose to be happy with the reality that's arising right now. If your mind is starting to become discontent or stressed or worried, you say to your mind, "Stop. It's all okay." Or you think, yes, my life is going extremely well. Or you just get into the present and think, I'm perfectly happy with what I've got now. Or I'm perfectly happy with my life now. Or I'm perfectly happy with how I am. Something like that.
you find out what works best for you. Feel that everything is okay. Feel that you are safe and secure and not lacking the basics that you need to live a happy life. It doesn't mean you can't improve or you don't want things to get better. It's just a way you can reduce the suffering coming from your mind, complaining and being discontent about the reality of what is happening. Through training our minds with these methods, we are creating the karma to reduce our craving. We are training our minds to not grab so tightly, not grab with so much mental energy, to touch things lightly. The mind will have much more energy, lightness, flexibility, pliancy, and adaptability because it is not holding on to its position so tightly. If you have a lot of any negative, be it fear, or annoyance, or worry, or resentment, or jealousy, any negative, whatever, if it is strong, it means that the mental grabbing is strong. The negative is strong because the grabbing is strong. If the grabbing is strong, the suffering is strong. It's the same for all negative minds, all unwholesome minds. Then we start to reduce the craving in our meditation. Again, we learn to let go. We look at our breath, and our monkey mind grabs at so many things. We see what is happening. Then we let go of what we grabbed. Let go of the thoughts, feelings, sounds. Let go second by second until we've trained our minds to not grab. Importantly, we train our minds to let go of pleasant feeling as well as unpleasant feeling. We train our minds to let go of being attached to the wholesome minds. After all the practice we did to develop the wholesome, now we have to let that go too. Otherwise, the attachment to pleasant feeling and wholesome minds will be a strong link that causes us to be born in heaven in our next birth. This is what most other religions advise us to do. So, again, this is how Buddhist renunciation is different to all other religions' renunciation. Being born in heaven in Buddhism is not regarded as anything particularly special. It is just another birth, not that much different to being born human in the sense that the heavenly beings aren't automatically wiser or further along the path to enlightenment than human beings. Most heaven worlds are regarded in Buddhism as being so pleasant or peaceful that the beings there usually do not recognize the need to find and practice a path to become free from suffering. The heavenly beings, or devas as they are known in Buddhism, can all get whatever they want with ease. So there's no real need for them to help the other beings in the heaven. The minds do not experience gross defilements in those heavens as we do in human birth. 
So those beings generally do not recognize the underlying content of their minds as being greed, hate, and ignorance. Also, like many human beings, most heavenly beings are not aware of their past lives, and that the reason why they are now enjoying the fruits of a heavenly birth are the accumulated good actions done in the past. Beings living in heaven worlds are generally not aware and not able to undertake practices such as generosity to increase their merit or virtue for their future. The next birth may be lower than the present birth because they have consumed much of their merit reserves. What is better from Buddha's point of view than heaven is wisdom. You can use your merit to have a heaven birth in your next life, or you can use your merit to develop wisdom. A heaven birth will come to an end one day. Wisdom minds track seeing reality for what it is, which means they track the goal of the Buddhist path, which is enlightenment and complete freedom from all forms of suffering. Gradually. As the grabbing reduces, our mind becomes calmer and clearer. Our one-pointedness of concentration grows stronger. Our attention more focused and stable. This is the right direction. Our mind is going towards peace and true sustainable happiness. This mind we use most of the time develops its own well-being and positive mental energy and joy every moment. This mind wants to be virtuous. It wants to keep its morality pure. It wants to be generous. It wants to be wholesome. It doesn't want to be unwholesome. We don't have to use much effort to be like this. Because the mind values and likes the good qualities it has developed, this is called a well-trained mind. Then, when we meditate, we can begin the final part of the letting go practice. We do meditation, which help our mind give up its deep attachment to our own feelings, our own ideas and opinion, our own bodies. We start to get a glimpse of the real nature of these things, how our mind rea- really is. It is called inside wisdom. It is when our mind lets go of its ignorant view of ourselves for a flash of a second. In that moment, we see clearly. For perhaps the first time in our life, we see something about ourselves we have never known before. The Buddha described how we really are from this viewpoint. It is possible to do this as a result of learning to let go and not grab at both the outside world we live and our inner phenomena of our inside world. This is the Buddha's path. It goes much further than worldly happiness can ever go. It goes to perfect inner peace and fulfillment. So how to start your Buddhist practice? So now, how do you start the Buddhist practice? 
What are the first practical steps you can do to really make a difference in improving your happiness and well-being? The first step is to start a daily dharma practice of your own. This should include the basic fundamental daily practices such as formal chanting and meditation and a weekly plan to make merit, specifically for the purpose of improving your mind. This relates to implementing the components of the happiness map in a planned way rather than leaving it up to the whims of how you are feeling on any particular day. We all lead busy lives. Unless something is planned in this way, there will always be a myriad of things to do before we sit down and do something for our inner development. Therefore, you need to decide that doing something every day for your own well-being and happiness is an important priority worth making space for in your life. This is renunciation. This is letting go. We make a choice to let go of a few things of lesser value to us to make space to bring something of greater meaning and benefit into our life. Make time every day to read some Buddha teachings, do Buddhist chanting and some meditation. If you usually get up at 6.30am, get up at 6.15am and use the extra 15 minutes per day for your practice. It's that important. Make some time in your life to do this. Gradually, this makes the karma to get a bit more time and so on. In this book and this chapter, we have provided a planning sheet for you to write your daily practice. You start by deciding how many minutes each day you will set aside for your inner work. Please remember, there is no point in doing any of these practices unmindfully or without volition, like you are on automatic pilot. The planning sheet lists a few practices you can do anytime during the day or night. While you are driving your car, for example, or just when you have a moment to spare, Sit with awareness of your body and have a cup of tea or other drink with appreciation of your comfort, of the quiet moment you have and the taste of the drink. Do something kind for your mom or dad or your partner to make them happy. Put your mind into the present moment and recollect the five precepts with volition to keep them, not as a ritual on automatic pilot. Each time you do that correctly, it produces clean, wholesome energy in your mind. Find something which instantly lightens you up or makes you laugh. You can chant a Buddhist mantra, send loving-kindness to other beings, then send loving-kindness to yourself. Set a time period aside, such as when you are driving, for example, to stay mindful of your body, say, for five minutes. Next, you have your weekly Dharma plan to make sure every week you make some good causes or merit toward your mind improvement.
we have discussed how important it is to make new powerful good causes or merit to fuel your own development. This is the factor that provides clean mental energy and new nutrition for your mind. How can you do this on a regular basis? We always recommend practitioners include helping out at a Buddhist temple or Buddhist center because this is exactly what temples are designed for. If you are sincere about learning and practicing Buddhism while supporting your learning by attending a Buddhist center is as indispensable as attending a university is to study medicine or law, for example. There are so many ways mixing with others who also practice Buddhism benefits students, particularly for the first few years until they really get proficient in their own practice. Apart from any formal classes that are given, many conversations you'll hear are to do with understanding yourself better and learning more skillful ways to improve your personal development. It usually takes a couple of years for most students to get their Buddhist practice well established, just as it would take a couple of years to develop the basic skills of playing a new musical instrument. We have listed below some examples of the types of activities you can help out with at a Buddhist temple or some of them you can do at home. These activities can all be interesting and fun to do. Use your existing skills to make merit and we will train you in any new skills you need to be involved in any of this project or activities. So for example, Help cataloging books in a Buddhist library. Help recording, transcribing, and editing Buddhist teachings. Help in the temple's garden. Help with secretarial work. Help manage websites. Help preparing and cook meals. Help with fundraising. Help in office with filling, with filing or photocopying. Help with building and maintenance work. Help with transport for Buddhist monks and nuns. All these suggestions are working at building your happiness from the absolute reality point of view. By using the law of karma to create the causes for your improvement, it changes your life for the better. But more essentially, it changes you for the better. You become the new causes you have made making the biggest improvement of yourself depending on how much you can increase your store of the right types of good karma and how well you put your new learning into practice. Both the daily Dharma plan and the weekly Dharma plan is in the book on page 59 and page 61. This concludes chapter 6 of the book titled Bringing Wisdom to Life. Thank you for listening to our Lifetimes of Learning podcast. To listen to other chapters of this book and our other recordings, please go to our website www.bdcu.org.au and click on Dharma Teachings. 
or you can go to our online World Buddhist Radio station from our website by clicking on Buddhist Radio. May you be well and happy. May all beings be well and happy.